It's Ice Spice season. And Duncan is entering the charts with a new hit, the Ice Spice Munchkins drink. Frozen coffee blended with pumpkin munchkins topped with whipped cream and caramel drizzle. Yes, please. Pop into your local Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Yo, 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 welcome to NS9 Live, our second NS9 Live of the week. I'm Jim Rosati. with me is Tyler. Tyler, what's going on? Happy we Friday. Are, man, we are dedicated. Dedicated to the game. I mean, I'll tell you what, like... Imagine having as many off days as Donardo. Yeah, does that guy ever work? I don't feel like he does. I mean, we make that graphic all by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and you know why we're on here tonight? Because the Pirates made a trade for G-Man Choi. That is how bad this baseball team is. It's news to us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, it it it's um, it's not like what you would call a major move, right? Like let's let's kind of get that out of the way. We're not signing Aaron Judge here, right? Um, but the Pirates do make a trade uh, yesterday. Uh, G-Man Choi acquired from the Tampa Bay Rays, um, first baseman, left-handed hitter, you know, pretty, an established veteran. I think I read today that he immediately becomes the highest, the, the longest tenured Major League Baseball player on the Pirates roster now that now that he's, uh, he's joined on. Five years and 76 days of service. Um, adequate hitter. Right. I mean, he's and he's been steady throughout the course of his career. He's been pretty much an above average hitter for the entire length of it. Um, His defense isn't the best, but it's also not the worst. So like he's he's just fine over there. Um, And it's a position that the Pirates, quite frankly, were pretty, pretty pathetic at last year. So uh, last year, Pirates first baseman combined for negative one point seven war. Uh, so, you know, you think of it, G-Man Choi is projected next year through Steamer for 1.3 war. So you're looking at a move that likely increases the team's final results by about three wins, um, is, is kind of a way to look at it. But, uh, no, yeah, G-Man Choi, you're, you know, as of right now, he moves right into, uh, that starting first baseman slot. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a trade that I think anybody can really get upset about. This is a team that is void of major league caliber hitters, and G Man Choi has been an above average hitter in his career, and they really gave up nothing to get him. Um, there, I mean, there's certainly some you know criticism that we could tossed out there but all that's based upon hypotheticals in the future Mm -hmm. you know getting a guy that is 
has really been 15% above average at the plate for his entire career. You can't really get mad about that. And you mentioned the defense. It's, just, it's not Yoshi over there. He's he's not terrible. Yeah. He's, he can play it. Um, and it's also a left-handed bat on a team that is also void of left-handed bats. Or, well, the other way around. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's quite a few, actually. There's um, quite a few of those. It's, it's another left-handed bat that has Another left-handed bat. bat, right. So you are I – mean, you bring up a good point there with the left-handed situation. Like, you, he does – he did not play very much against left-handed pitchers last year at all. Um, but, you know – Connor over here, once again, the Pirates find another guy who takes a lot of pitches, right? He he does sort of have that similar approach um, and and uh, body type <laughs> of Daniel Vogelbach, right? So uh, he, it, this is kind of like the new Daniel Vogelbach. And, and really, you look at the production of the two, and it's not really – they're not like that far off. Like they're pretty – they're pretty similar players, Um you know, I think oh. you even joked, or someone was, I think it was you joking around, like, no, it was Donardo, about putting him uh, at leadoff, right? Yes. Uh, just because he takes a lot of pitches, he gets on base. Um, you know, he's probably not going to put together a season that Vogelbach put together last year, but I mean, it's they, within they the both, realm of possibility, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, but they both but, get to the no, same yeah. end result you, with different methods. Vogelbach's yeah. a lot a lot more balls over the wall. Yeah. Choi's heavy on base percentage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Choi's slugging percentage dipped below 400 for the first time in his career, in his career last year. Uh, but the on base percentage was still, you know, 108 points higher than his batting average. So 13.8% walk rate does strike out a little bit under 30% of the time last year. Uh, but but you mentioned before, like definitely left-handed hitter. You're probably platooning him, so you do need another person who's capable of playing the position who bats right-handed most likely, because this is probably someone you don't want to have thrown in there against left-handed pitchers. But uh, I will say this: like with people who were saying, "Oh, I, I mean, I heard, I, I saw some people on Twitter like actually." like upset and like saying like this guy's not good. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Rays won 86 games last year. They made the playoffs and they started G- I mean, they played G-Man Choi 113 games. So this was a guy who was, has been playing for a good team for the past few years. Uh, there was a reason why that team had him. That team obviously decided that he wasn't worth, you know, a third year of arbitration pay. You know, as just you know, the Rays are kind of similar to the Pirates in that regard, um, and they they basically they basically gave him up for nothing. So I think that's another piece of this trade that you got to look at. The Pirates didn't give up anything for this. Yeah, so we got one we got one year of him, but the Pirates traded a 24 year old relief pitcher in low A ball who had a 6.27 ERA last year. <laughs> so. Um, they, they didn't give up anything like they they really didn't give up anything at all and did he um, just have tommy john uh he had tommy john i think the year before the year before okay yeah um but so he, but he's pretty much coming off tommy john yeah he threw 18 innings last yeah. year um and they were all towards the end of the year yeah well, they were spread out but yeah may through september but uh but- yeah you don't give up anything really and you gain a starting first baseman on a platoon that 
you know, it's going to be a platoon position pretty clearly there, but uh, he's going to be getting the majority of the playing time and he's capable. Exactly. And you mentioned the Rays. There's a lot of talk about, you know, everybody has the PTSD of the Chris Archer deal. Why would the Rays give up on this? This is what the Rays do in this sort of situation. They are known to give up on these first basemen as soon as they become slightly above league minimum because they'll just find another one. The yeah. Pirates have not been able to do that. So if they're taking the scrap heap of a decent baseball yeah. player from the Rays, I mean, we saw it with Corey Dickerson. It does work out mm-hmm. in their favor from time to time. It does. That's a good point. Dickerson's a good point there. And and like you kind of look at it like in the Rays way, right? And for the Rays, they're just trying to find wins, right? And it doesn't matter how they're getting there, and they're trying to get it there with the least amount of money spent possible. G-Man Choi is probably going to make around $4.5 million this coming year. And the Rays decided, hey, we can probably find that one to one and a half wins that Choi was going to give us for less than that, right? So that's 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 pretty much where we're at here. The Pirates can't get that production out of anybody on their current roster. So for the Pirates, this is a pretty big upgrade. Like I said, we talked about, um, you know, just if he if he just replicates exactly what he did last year, it's a three win improvement for the Pirates at the position. Yeah, that that's insane. Yeah, that's and then on and then on top of that, if you find a competent right handed piece yeah. of the platoon, maybe you can get up there to, you know, another win. So the the only thing really to be said about this that really I think could be looked at as negative is maybe the opportunity cost here, you know, is that four and a half million better allocated going after a, you know, a Trey Mancini at that position, you know, add another 6 million on top of that. Can you go get Mancini? But this is the way the pirates are going to do business. I mean, mm-hmm. if, 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 as long as that money is allocated elsewhere as well, maybe towards the starting rotation or the bullpen, I'm fine with going with Choi here. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I also want to bring up, you know, and there's just kind of another dynamic to this. I'm gonna put it in the chat so that I can so that I can put it in the in the thing here. Um, here we go. Um, Alex Stump tweeted out just some some interesting stats here. It's a small sample size, obviously, but last year uh, Choi had a 400 batting average and a 767 slugging percentage when defenses were were not shifting, right? So it was one of those things where he got shifted a lot. He got shifted in 83.9% of his plate appearances last year. And he was really, really, really good when there was no shift. So just something to kind of think about. We talked about this on Wednesday. There's no, uh, there's no shifts this coming year. So maybe that's something that can benefit Choi in 2023 that, uh, that we, that, that will maybe make him a slightly better hitter than he was last year. Yeah. And there's also the reports that came out about him having elbow surgery because he had some loose fragments in his elbow. And essentially after he went on the IL for that, he was not a great hitter. So maybe there's something to that as well. There are some, some concerns I think you can see with him. The zone contact rate has steadily dropped. He is 31 years old. Um, maybe this sh- the getting rid of the shift offsets some of that. He is in his last year, so you're not wrapped up in him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just some things to keep an eye on about production in general. The bat to ball skills might start to fall off here. Um, 
No, I think that's a, that's a fair assessment, right? I mean, you're looking at this, the, the strikeout rate has increased every year for the last four years, right? Um, it was 22.2% in 2019, 24.8 in 2020, 28.5 in 2021, 29.4 in 2024, uh, 2022. Uh, but in 2023, you kind of hope that he can at least stay below that 30% area. And I think he walks enough that like you can live with it, right? Because he's going to have a low batting average. Like this guy's not going to hit 270. He's going to hit 230, you know, ish, right in that area. But if he's able to provide you a, an on-base percentage around 340, and if he can get the slugging percentage back to around 400, then you're talking about, like I said, we're talking about an above-average hitter who plays a position that you need an above-average hitter at because you, you haven't had one in a while. Yeah. And the other part of it, I think his expected weighted on base average was far above what he actually produced last year. Maybe you can attribute some of that to the shift. I think it was 337 expected. He was somewhere around 322. No, good point there. So expected definitely higher. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's any reason to, I think you mentioned, there's no reason to not like this. Like there's no reason to get all excited about it, but this is an improvement. It's a proven player. It's a proven hitter. As long as he doesn't completely fall off a cliff, which there hasn't been a sign of that. Like you look at how he's progressed throughout his course of his career and there's no like, there's no cliff. It looks like, and it's only one year. So if it was even, 2020. Yeah. So, so I think, oh, yeah. I yeah. So I, I think, I think we're uh, I think we're okay here, and I think um, I think we're looking at yeah. I mean, this will be a first baseman, and maybe you can capitalize on you know him him kind of bouncing back and having a really good year, and not maybe not a really good year, but I mean, this is someone that you could also deal at the trade deadline. Yeah, it is, and so. it's also you mentioned bouncing back, but it's not a guy that is a reclamation type of guy. It's not mm-hmm. Yoshi that you're hoping can really turn around. Like he just turned his career around on that two months. This guy has been a really good major league. I mean, he's been a good major leaguer Mm -hmm. his entire career. And he's joining a team that had what? Three guys hit above 100 WRC plus last year, maybe. Yeah. yeah, It was not good. It was not good. So (laughs) we don't, the pirates do not have major league hitters. No, I mean you look at it. So last year was he had a one fifteen weighted runs created plus. So I'll, while you're while you're talking, I'll look and see how many pirates did that. I would guess a Neil Cruz, Brian Reynolds, and I don't have the third one. Um, so I'm just gonna go with hitters who had at least 419 plate appearances. Yeah, they might have had two. So let's go with 400. Uh, but- Brian Reynolds, that was it. O'Neal, well, I guess when you add in the plate appearances, O'Neill Cruz is out. O'Neill Cruz is out. O'Neill Cruz was actually only at 106, too. Right. So if we go all the way down to, say, 200 plate appearances and up. It's Dan Vogelbach, O'Neill Cruz, and Brian Reynolds, probably. Yeah, Vogelbach was 117. Brian Reynolds was 125. Yeah, so if you get Vogelbach... <laughs> type of production out of Choi here and he can play a capable first base and he does need to play a capable first base. Mm -hmm. He does. 
with O'Neal Cruz's shortstop, we've talked about it a lot. That's a spot that you really need some good defense. So he's got to be able to pick it over there. But if you can get Vogelbach-type production at the plate, there's nothing to complain about here. I'm 100% with you. I I do want to see them go after Sill just to mean future targets because – because you know, obviously, this can't be it. <laughs> so you know, we I, I want to see a right-handed bat, um, preferably corner outfield, uh, you know, DH type type thing. Um, got to have a starting pitcher. Got to get a catcher. Uh, got to get some some bullpen help. So this this is this does check off off one of the things that they needed. Um, and, and like I said, you probably still need a right-handed hitter here to to complement him. And I don't know who that is. It's possible. It, it's tiny bit possible that guy could be in the organization already. Um, and I'm thinking along the lines of, you know, Matt Gorski or Malcolm Nunez, even maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you say, you know what, you're just going to play against lefties and you're going to, you know, you're going to get 40, 50 games. I don't know what that does for their development or what they want to do there, but it's a, it's a possibility that one of those guys is the other complement to this. It's a, I mean, it's a possibility mm-hmm. throw Anduhar out of there. Cause I don't know that they want to go that route. I don't think they I, want Anduhar I, playing first either. I mean, they never played right. it once down the stretch at the position. I, I really wouldn't be shocked if it's a Kevin Newman there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean I, if, but I mean, you look at Kevin Newman's career numbers against lefties and they're, they're good. So like it, he, like if, if there's a left-handed pitcher starting, against the pirates in, in 2023 and Kevin Newman is on this roster, which we uh, I'm going to assume he's going to be then Kevin Newman's probably in the lineup somewhere. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they wrinkle that into the weak side of the platoon. I mean, right-handed bats it. are cheap. I mean, yeah. they could just go after a bench bat that can play first in the corner and mm-hmm. go that route. But, it's not as big of a need as some of the others and you can get by with some cheaper options on that yeah. side of the platoon. I think it just depends on how it depends on how serious this team is about winning next year. Yeah. I mean, it's what it comes down to. Like I said, they, they've probably have capable options internally that can do it. It's just, you know, how, how good do they want to be? How much money do they want to spend? Yep. And where do they want to spend it? I don't know if it's going to be at first base. Yeah. Especially since we're seeing them linked to, I mean, I mean, we're seeing Manaya, you know, being thrown out there, and so I, I don't know how that'll go, but no, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. So I said this is the first real big offensive, uh, big big move we've seen this uh, this off season. So we wanted to, to hop on it and just give it a little bit of airtime. But uh, I mean, I think I think we pretty much said everything we want to say about Choi. Um, so we we didn't really want this to be too long, but just to, something to. To, to, to talk about him a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, you got anything to add? No, I, as we mentioned, both of us, you, you really can't get mad about this type mm-hmm. of move. We can get mad about the rest of the off season. I'm sure we will. One move that, you know, it, it doesn't move the needle much, but it's a very necessary move. Yeah. And, and I think it just kind of goes back to the team got better. Like this, this move made the team better. Did it make the team better, as better as we would maybe want them to get in this position? Probably not. But I think, I mean, I was even talking a while, if they can get a two war out of that first base position, we're talking about a pretty big improvement. And this is this is a step to, to getting to that point. Yeah. So. 
All right. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got as well. We spent 20 right. minutes talking about G-Man Choi. 20 minutes about G-Man Choi. So um, good stuff. So I said, first of, first of hopefully a uh, pretty busy off season. We'll see what, what's here to come. But uh, yeah, G-Man Choi, your newest Pittsburgh pirate. So, that'll do it for this episode of NS9 Live brought to you by Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Um, have a good weekend, you guys. Yeah, peace out, Girl Scouts. Oh, 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 oh,